Okay. I am the light of the world. Who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And you've got to remember that if you have not got the light of who Jesus Christ is, you're already in darkness. We don't know. Do you understand that? It's like if everything we don't know, if we don't know, we don't know it. And when you don't know it, you don't know you don't know it. But when, but when, you, but when you know it, you then know you didn't know it, but you didn't know it. Okay, you got that? So that's what we're trying to teach you, to say this is what it is. So he called himself the light of the world. He wants it. What do we need light for? So if we pitch black, we'd need a light to get out of it. So that's what he's saying. I am the light of the world. I want to show you by my light the path you will go in this world. Absolutely incredible. He has the light of life. He wants to illuminate to us what life is about. Not what we think or other people tell us. It is so important. Jesus said, John 11, 25, 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So you see, he asked, he asked the people these things, you see, and this is so important, I'm the resurrection. The resurrection is the most incredible thing. We'll touch that a little bit later. He was resurrected from the dead. And because he was resurrected from the dead, he's telling people that if you believe in me, and though you die in this world, when I come back, I'll resurrect you and we'll all go to heaven. That's the brilliant part about it. So that's why belief and having the faith to believe, and that's why he wants to wants us to, be, to learn because he tells us, he said, that faith comes by hearing the word, hearing the word of God. So that is so important. If you don't hear the word of God, you're never going to get faith. <coughs> People say, but, but I believe. I said, what do you do with your belief? How do you know how to live? How do you know what pleases God and what doesn't please God? How do you know where you're going? And that's why these Bible studies are imperative for every single person so they get the knowledge of what God wants for them. John 14, 6, Jesus said, this is the one that we know the scripture we did last week, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's through Jesus. That's why our belief has to be in Jesus. That's why that he came. He came to set us free, to save us, save us from this world and the corruption. So it's important. He is the truth because truth is perfect and complete. And he was the only one that was perfect and complete. All of us are not perfect. Anyone perfect here? So I'll so do my first joke. Okay. Well, there's, there's no. Is it? Is it? Is it? No. Again. In, in the Psalms, in Psalm 37, 37, it starts with this. Mark the perfect man. So there's Jesus and me. I'll repeat, it is funny. I don't finish the sentence up, so that's why. So, so praise the Lord. So my joke's finished with, and I've had to repent of God on my joke time. And it's not a good one. 
Luke 22, 30. Uh, that you, Jesus speaking again, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So whose kingdom? Jesus' kingdom. Isn't that amazing? My kingdom. So he's really beginning to change our perception and our thinking of who this Jesus is. Is it's incredible. Listen to this thing. Matthew 11, 28, 29. This is Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, all these worries, all these troubles, all these things that are going wrong, all the mess that everything's in. And he's saying, Come, come to me, and I will give you rest. Even in the midst of the greatest storm, God promises us. We can have peace within it. Why? Because he's saying he'll come to he'll get us through. That's the most incredible thing. Take my yoke. Anybody know what a yoke is? Right. Come on, Ali. That's right. That's what they used to get put on the animals, the bulls, and the horses to, to play in the field. So it's a yoke. But look what he says. Take my yoke. So he wants us to be yoked with him. For I am, and, and learn of me. So here we are. It's not about just believe. Learn. Learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He can save you. So no matter how tired you are, no matter how fed you are, he's you yoke with him. Think about the animals. If they pull together, they work well. If one goes to the left and one goes to the right, it doesn't work very well at all, does it? Or if one stops. So this is what Jesus said. You give it to me. I'll do all the pulling for you. I'll do all the carrying for you. Take the rest. So it's important that we understand that, that you know, Jesus wants that for us. And look at him here. Look, what a thing to say. Mark 1, 17, follow me. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me, this is it. Follow me, said Jesus. He hasn't mentioned anyone else, just me. Follow me. Because he's trying to teach us, he's trying to give us all the, all the things that, that, that we need to know about this life and about him and about heaven and earth and, and how we can get these beautiful things of Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Marvelous. I'll explain. It's ever so easy to read. So I'm a preacher. I'm an evangelist. I'll go around anywhere and, and witness and do it. So what he's saying, if I'm going out talking about Jesus and you receive me, then what you'll do, you'll receive Jesus. And you'll be, and because you receive Jesus, you'll receive the one who sent him, God. Isn't it brilliant? So, so it's great for us to be able to talk about Jesus to people, to see if they'll listen. Because if they reject you, guess who they're really rejecting? 
summarizing this easy. Not us. Who are we? We're just messengers. We're just messengers. Mark 9.37. Um, this is when the little children came to Jesus. Um, whoever receives one of these little children in my name. What name? It's amazing, isn't it? It's so simple, really, isn't it? He, he, he makes it very clear, doesn't he? Who receives their little children in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives not me, but he will send me. Beautiful. When we start to get this belief, you know, and believe what these scriptures are saying and, and, and the walk that way, God can be with us to help us. It's beautiful. John 14, 9. Jesus said to him, this is Jesus talking to his apostles, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? That's Shall, shall I give you some scriptures which are not here? Just to, just to show you how he's done this. Okay, listen to this. Number one, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So the Bible doesn't get changed. I know people have changed it, that's why I'll go right back to the King James Version, the closest to the translation, and use it. That's what he said. So I know for full well I can trust his word. Perfect and complete. Never going to be changed. Heaven and earth can go away, but his word will never go away. But what he started to tell us all was, was why we should we should we should believe in believe in him. And he tells us these things to, to show because what is God? What is it? Anybody know what he is? Spirit. It's a spirit. And where is it? He's everywhere. Isn't that incredible? In Acts 17, 26, he says, he says, for they shall have to seek me. For I am a spirit, and you have your very being in me. Wow. So where's God now? Just here. He's everywhere. And what's it saying? The heaven, heaven of heaven cannot contain it. As far as man goes, all these trillions of miles, these billions and trillions of planets to find him, guess where God is? Everywhere. So we actually live in God's spirit. Isn't that amazing? That's why Jesus said, I am in the Father. The human man, just like me, I have God's spirit inside me. I'm in the Father. When Jesus received the spirit on his baptism, the spirit came into him. And so he became one with the spirit. When you receive the spirit of Christ, 
we become one. So I'm in the Father because he's around me. And the Father's in me because I receive the baptism of the Spirit. That's why Jesus is trying to teach them. He who seen me has seen the Father. Stop keep asking me where the Father is. He's here. He's in me. And that's why Jesus was able to do all the amazing things because the power of God dwelt in him. And there's any other scripture for you. For the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus bodily. Isn't that amazing? Man and God together. That's what he wants to do. Change it completely. Look what he said now, Mark 2 5. Look what he did. Forgiveness. Listen to this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. When he said that, he stood and walked. And the Jews thought, Who does this man think he is who can't forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. Well, Jesus knew who he was. But the Jews didn't know who he was. They wanted to stone him, kill him for blasphemy. But Jesus forgives us. Whatever. Wherever we've gone, whatever we've done, whatever we've been, he's the one that's going to give us that forgiveness. There's some bad stuff now. I'm sorry about all these nice stuff. So one day, Jesus Christ will come back and he will sit on the throne and he will judge the world. Every single person in the world. And he's the righteous judge of the world. Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and the holy angels with him, tens of thousands and millions of angels will come with him. He will sit on the throne of his glory. He will sit on a throne. Who will sit on the throne? Jesus will sit on the throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. The sheep and the goats can't live together. Who are the sheep? Jesus is the great shepherd. We're his sheep. And he leads us into nice pastures to eat good food. And this is spiritual food, the word of God, not the natural food. The goats are. Come on. Go on, come in. The unbelievers, that's a really nice way to turn that. That's very gentle. They're the unbelievers. And he separates them. So we've got to have this belief. And we've got to make sure we're doing what God wants us to do. And the king will answer them and say, Surely I say to you, in so much as you did it to one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will answer them saying, Surely I say to you, in as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. In other words, he's going to judge you for exactly what you've done in this world. For the good and the bad. But think about the bad. We can repent. Make sure we don't do it again, though, and God will forgive us and work with us for a better life. There we go. Look at this now. Mark 14, 61 and 62. But he kept silent. This is when Jesus, see, the problem is that these people wanted to question Jesus and catch him out all the time. They was always asking him questions to catch him out so they could go, right, that's it, we can kill you. It wasn't the time because Jesus kept silent and answered nothing. 
again, the high priest has to be saying, Do you know Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And then Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. It's the power. That's why he's there. Jesus is God's power on his Amazing story. John 8 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, hold on a moment. Hold on a minute, Jesus. You could get only 33 here. What are you on about? So he's told them now, what do you all believe in Abraham? He said, What are you telling them? Before Abraham, I am. Why? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God had Jesus in his mind right at the beginning. And he tells us he created the whole thing, everything in it, for him, through him. Isn't that amazing? So no wonder they didn't like him, because he was saying, I'm God. They didn't like him at all. I'm God. John 20, 26, 29. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. We got that, the doors shut. Doors shut, and he came and stood in the midst. How did he get there? Here. Here. Peter, Peter, isn't that incredible? No wonder they were fearful. And said peace to you. He said to Thomas, reach your fingers here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Everyone heard the saying, doubting Thomas. This is where it comes from. This is where it comes from. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, and my God, he had the revelation of who Jesus was. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen them, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's awesome. Isn't that brilliant? That's awesome. We haven't actually seen him, all these seen him, they were with him. But what he's saying, believe. Learn of me, believe. And you will see who I am and what I have for you and what you and I can do together. Here we go again. John 10, 30 to 33. I and my father are one. And then the Jews took up stones against him to stone him. You know, I'm glad they don't do that today because I say that me and my father are one. You can't say that like that. I've done it exactly the same as Jesus, took the Spirit of God in me. When, when that Spirit is working with me, I know I'm in one with the Lord. Then the Lord took up stones, then the Jews took up stones against the stone, and Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Son. For which of these works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For the good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself good. But it's just told to you. 
Incredible. What evidence did he say to Well, the New Testament and all these words and everything in there tell us who he is. Jesus himself told us, but all the way through it is. And when you start looking at the teachings of Jesus, and I've only just put this up to say, when you go back down, look at the Beatitudes, Matthew chapters 5 to 7, read it. Incredible teaching of God for us to help us. It's, it's just beautiful. Well, this, the Bible is an incredible bit of work to actually help us. But of course, he did loads of work. John 10 37 is actual works. If I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. If I do, though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. And others, oh, don't believe I'm doing them. Just believe that the father that's in me, and I'll begin telling you, he did them. So whichever way they want to. Whichever they way they wanted, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And when we begin to read all these things, this is, this is the character of, of God. Therefore, Jesus had the same character. He was love, faith, kindness, forgiveness, patience, righteousness. Righteousness is the right way of living. God's love. Lifestyle, humility, vision, knowledge, his willingness to help, incredible wisdom, healing, spiritual awareness, and the amazing things that he did. That's him. That's our Jesus. That's our God. But don't forget about, you know, about what he said. You've got to believe in me. And look at this thing. The Bible was written, the Old Testament was written thousands of years before some of the things that before Jesus comes. Thousands of the scriptures, but listen to this. Over 400 prophecies they wrote from thousands of years before to say, this is what's going to happen. This man will go through and be born here. This is how he's going to die. This is where they're going to go to. This is what's going to happen. 400 statements about what Jesus was going to do came were fulfilled when Jesus Christ came. That's mathematically impossible. His conquest of death, something nearly all people would hope to be true. No, you're right, Holly, don't worry. I don't want to die either. People think, well, Mark's okay. No, I don't want to die. I tell my wife, well, I don't really die. It doesn't sound really good to me. You know, but, but it's going to happen. And what and all that God is trying to prepare us for is to say, listen, if you could listen and learn this, and just learn how to follow me, I'll make sure that whether you die in this life or you or I'll come back and you're still alive, you'll come to heaven. Isn't that beautiful? I want to go there. You know, and I am trying to work so hard to, to teach people that they can get there also. Okay, the resurrection. Okay, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Son of man, but who is it? What he came out was blood and water. I didn't know, but when you die, your lungs fill up with water. 
fascinating medical fact. That's why blood and water came out, so they, they knew he was actually dead. Someone stole the body. We know the Romans had a guard. The Romans had 16 talents. It was four quartillions of guards. Four, a quartillion is four. Four by four is 16. They took it in turns to make sure. It was also, it was also sealed. In those days, they would put a seal, so they put a wax on it as well, and they would see whoever was in charge would put his seal in there. If that was broken, they know it was done. Guess what? Nothing was broken, and 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 the, and the stone. No, and also the Jews also put people there to make sure that the disciples didn't come and steal the body and say, "Oh, he's resurrected." So that's really important. That's the evidence. Okay. Resurrection morning. So we say this is when, when you know, the third day Jesus rose from the dead. Promised them. So important. Okay. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. That's Mary went first. While it was still dark, saw that a stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran. <laughs> <laughs> then, she, then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples who Jesus loved. They said, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, who was John, were going to the tomb. So they both went together, and the other disciple ever ran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stopped, stooping down and looked at him. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and he had been not going. Because they wrapped them up just like we see the mummies wrapped up. So all it was was a whole body of linen wrapped up there with no body in it. That's another important, another important fact. And Simon Peter came, following, went into the tomb, saw the linen cloth thrown in, and the handkerchief that had been over around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. And the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not know that scripture. Even though Jesus told them he's going to be resurrected, their minds were like, what? So, you know, that he must rise again from the dead. They didn't know that. So that's the first time that they've actually gone and seen that he wasn't, that he wasn't there. He's present with the disciples. People say they hallucinated, but listen to this, the number of appearances, at least 11 occasions, Jesus appeared to someone. 500 plus people over a period of six weeks. So it's important that we understand that all these appearances are in the Bible. Don't forget, this is the history of our Jesus Christ when he was there. This is not stories. The apostles wrote the history of what happened. And of course, all those things afterwards was what God wanted these people to do to teach others how to live in the New Testament. The Bible says that he breathed out the words into the apostles and they breathed in by the Spirit of God was all of this written. Luke 24, 36 to 43. Listen to this, it's one of the appearances. And I, and, and I understand this, and you will, I presume. 
Now, as I said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you again. Just stood in the midst. Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. Anybody been frightened in the dark? Yeah. Anybody never frightened in the dark? Oh, some great people there. I'm going to say boo when you go out and see the jungle. <laughs> but they were terrified and frightened. And I, has anybody ever seen any spirits? No. I tell you, when you first see your first spirit, you can find out of. I was. And I was glad my younger brother was with me. Because he seen And he said, Did you see that, Mark? I said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he said, Do you know what? We're going to get rid of so you don't already see this. You already is there. So we got rid of it. Simple. Stop it to go in Jesus' name. Why are you troubled? And suppose they see the spirit. He said, Why are you troubled? Why do you doubt rising your hearts? Be on my hands and my feet. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you have seen. And when he said this, he showed him his hand and his feet. And while they still not believe for joy, now, now they're happy, but they're still inside them, they're going, mm, mm, you know, you're going to make all the of it. But while they still not believe for joy, marvel. And he said to them, come on, look at this. Have you, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of raw fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. I love this. Do you know why I love it so much? Tells them when we get resurrected, we'll have spiritual bodies. We can appear and disappear, and we can eat or not eat. Is that incredible? So I know that we can have fish and chips when we get to heaven, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's the royal face looking on. We haven't got the, you know, we don't think that the chips. Got to have some curry sauce as well. Yeah, sure. But anyway, we don't know yet. But I, this is just me and my imagination. I just think that we're going to have some great times in heaven. When we get to that part, we'll see amazing place to be. The immediate effect of all of this, the birth and growth of the church, the effect down the ages, the experiences of Christians through the ages, history, History, if you have a look at the history of the church, it's incredible. God is always working on some people somewhere at some time to make sure that there are those who are going to follow the Bible to its word and not just go up and make other religions. It is so important. And history, tell, history tells us all the things that have happened. And you can see there are billions of books and for, you know the billion books of what man has, has written. And yet Jesus, and yet in the Bible that it says, if it was to be written all what Jesus did while he was there for three and a half years, there would not be enough room from the ground to the to the permanent of the earth to the sky to hold what he did. Billions. This is the estimates today of Christians who believe. 1.6 billion to 2 billion. This country doesn't make up very many anymore. We have really become a godless country. And that's why God wants people to know. And that's why he's calling us into his kingdom 
for, for us to be those people that can help others to learn and understand. C.S. Lewis, the writer, anybody wants to buy the witch in the wardrobe? Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. It's all about good and evil, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a typology, but I love what he's put here. Listen to this. He's the author of Chronicles of Narnia and Love, White Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. He wrote, a man, a man who was merely a man, and the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. <laughs> he would either be insane, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. But he writes, either Jesus was and is the Son of God, or else he was insane or evil. But C.S. Lewis goes on, let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being the great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So we're faced with this frightening alternative. Either Jesus was and is exactly what he said, or else he was insane or something worse. To C.S. Lewis, it seemed clear that he could neither be insane or evil. And thus he concluded. However strange or terrifying it may seem, I have to accept the <coughs> that he was.